So how many of you here, question, have you ever looked at something and, um, and, and they said, hey, do you see that? Uh, do you see that? And, and you're looking right at where they're pointing, but you don't see it. You, they're pointing at something in a picture or something in a cloud or whatever, or they're looking at whatever. You just don't see it. You just don't see it. And um, I, I know I'm famous for that, especially around the house. I, I've come to this realization and, and understanding it's a true. I, I think I might have shared it a while back, but, but, but women statistically are better drivers during the day and men are better drivers at night. And there's a reason why that is, it's because women have better peripheral vision than men. In fact, I believe some women have eyes in the back of their head. At least I know my mom did. I know that was for sure. And, and, but men, they're more tunnel vision, you know? So they're, they're good drivers at night because you don't need to see all this going on. You just need to see straight ahead. And uh, so men are great drivers at nighttime. I, I know that's true because I went to the refrigerator a while back in our house and I said, Melissa, we're out of milk. She goes, no, no, it's right there in the fridge. And I'm looking. I'm like, no, we're out of milk. No, it's in the fridge. It's right in front of you. I'm telling you, we're out of milk. You know how. Come on. She opens the door, grabs the milk, puts it in my hand. I'm like, how did you do that? That was a miracle. And, and I realized that it's true, that men don't see things right in front of them. So I've learned, when I open the refrigerator, I open the refrigerator and I take three steps back. And, I, and I'll find it. I'll find it if I take three feet steps, three steps back. It's because we're not used to seeing the whole picture. Yeah, that's true. But many people in their lives, aren't they? They're limited so much by what they're seeing or experiencing in the moment. Um, they got some news from the doctor uh, and suddenly that is the way things are and or they got some, woke up with some pain or, or felt some lump or something and suddenly they're about to die. You know, I mean, everything's falling apart. Every, my life's come to an end. We, uh, the, the, the company is downsizing, lose your job, and suddenly my life's falling apart. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. How, I, things can't get better. I, 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 I'm, gonna go, I'm going into this spiral, and I'm telling you, oh, we have to be understanding uh, that, that we are a people that have to begin to learn how to see things with God's eyes. I need you to hear me this morning. You cannot live the world in this world the way God has called you to live and look with your eyes. You have limited vision. You have limit, you have, in, in fact, we're so used to living in the natural, making decisions in the natural, uh, seeing in the natural, feeling in the natural, that everything is in the natural. It's what we see and experience. But we serve a God that's not a God of the natural. He's a God of the supernatural. He's a, he's a spiritual God. He, he, he's, a, he's a God that doesn't see things the way we see, feel things the way we feel, or experience things the way we experience. He, he's on a whole nother level. And so we need to understand this. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, it gives us a perfect example of what I'm saying. God wants to do something amazing through Abraham. And Abraham is inside of his tent, and 
and he's just like, what am I doing out here in the desert? I'm wandering around. He probably had a, he probably had a great job at one time. He was definitely very wealthy. And, 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 and now he's out here trying to hammer it out for God. And, and he's in his tent and he's probably stewing and probably wondering what the next move is and where they're going to go next. And, and God says to him very clearly in verse five, the Bible says, and God took him outside. God took him outside. That's very important to realize that sometimes you've got to get outside. You've got to come out of the tent. You've got to come out of the mentality that you're in. You've got to come out of the thinking that you're in and you've got to come outside. He came outside and God says, now look up into the sky and count the stars. And as much as the stars you can count, that will be your offspring. God wants you to know that you will not be able to see what he wants you to experience in this world if you keep looking at the tent that you're in, the world that you're in, the environment you're in. You got to come outside and you got to put your head somewhere where God is living. He took him outside and he began to absorb the vision that God had for him all along. I wonder how much of our life is spent just looking at life in the natural and not allowing our spirit to rise up and to believe God that in the middle of this natural bad moment, there's gonna be a greater moment. In the spirit, God took Moses. He said, Moses, I want you to come up to Mount Sinai. I want you to come up this mountain. I want you to climb up. And, was, and, and, I, and I, there's a reason why we called this church Summit Church. We didn't call it in the whole church, in the valley church. We didn't call it river church. We didn't call it desert church. We call it Summit Church. And Summit speaks of a peak. It speaks of, of something that you can't climb up to. Because God wants us to be a people that climb up Mount Zion, to climb up uh, into another dimension and begin to experience a world that most people don't ever get to experience because why? We've come to a summit. We made the effort. We made the climb. We, we decided that we're, we're not going to be down here, living down here. We're gonna, there's something bigger, something higher, something greater for us. That's why you can read on the wall outside, God, God speaks to us and says, I'm doing a new thing. Do you believe God's doing a new thing? Are you, are you experiencing that? Are you, are you driving for that? Do you wake up every day and go, I, I believe I'm living in a new thing God's about to do? So God says, come up here higher. Moses comes up and God begins to speak to him on the mountaintop, not the valley, but on the mountaintop. And he says to him, now if you will just, Moses, reproduce on the earth what I'm about to show you. I'm gonna give you some blueprints of a tabernacle. If you, if you will just... If you'll just take notes here in this spiritual moment, if you, if you, in my glory, in my presence, if you'll just take notes and, and, then, and then take what I tell you and give you here and just go back down into the valley and reproduce in the earth what you've just seen up in the heavenlies, then I will come and I will dwell in the midst of what you build because that's what I long to do. I long to be with my people in the earth. And so Moses left the, the mountaintop and built the tabernacle of Moses and there God showed up in his Shekinah glory and would walk with the people of Israel all throughout the wilderness. My question is, are you experiencing all that God has given you? Are you desiring 
to lift your heads up into the heavenlies. I was uh, flying out uh, Friday morning of Germany, and uh, Daniel took me to the airport. It was 4 in the morning, it's 3.30 in the morning. It's, it's, it's hazy, it's foggy, it's, it's, it's cold, it's damp, it's a little misty, and, it's, and, and, and we're driving there, and, <laughs> and there's, there's no goosebumps of God anywhere. I don't feel God. I don't sense God. It's just we're just driving in the car in the rain early in the morning. He's tired. I'm tired. We're talking. We're laughing. We're goofing off. Waiting in line a couple hours. Finally, the plane takes off. And we ascend up into the heavens. And I look out of my window and I catch a glimpse of something. I want to show you what I took a picture of. I didn't know that was up there. I mean, as far as I could see, a few moments earlier, it was dreary, it was dark, it was, it, it was, it was foggy, it was wet, it was miserable, cold. And yet, that was there all along. The sun coming up. Something grabbed my heart. And the challenge to me and to you and to all of us is that he's calling us to get out of the tent, to get out of the circumstances that we're in, in that world, the realm of thinking that we're in, and to climb up higher and to ascend with him into heavenly places, into heavenly realms. And to begin to hear the downloads of God in another dimension. Because at some point that plane is going to come back down through the clouds. And it's going to manifest itself in the earth. And, and the question is, what is, it God, what is God doing with you in the heavenlies? Have you been to the heavenlies lately? Have you soared lately? Have, have, is, there, is there something inside of you that says, I, I, I'm tired of this earthly realm. I, I want to be and live in the spirit dimension because I believe God has something for me in that place. Is there anybody in the house that can say, that's, that's for me, that's what I want? Yeah. I want to give you quickly four things the heavenly people have to remember. Four things heavenly people have to remember. I want to say, first of all, just kind of a side note, I want to welcome everybody watching online. I want to welcome everyone as well that have uh, watching from the correctional facility. We love you, we care for you, and you mean a lot to us. Thank you for watching. So I got about halfway through this message and, and some drainage took place in my throat and I couldn't talk. And so I pointed to Patrick. I said, come on up here. <laughs> and he came up. I said, read this. And he read a scripture. And while I tried to recover my voice and, um, and, I said, and he just started preaching. I was like, that is really cool. So instant, the Bible says be instant in season, out of season. You better, everybody, you better be ready. You never know. You might come, I'm just kidding you, but four things heavenly people must remember. Number one, we are being transformed. And turn to your neighbor and tell him, even you. Come on. Even you. We're being transformed. Uh, it's funny that the, one of the 
at least it was for a while, the, the, the great little toys that kids loved was the Transformers. Children were playing with Transformers. I think we can take a lesson from that. God is calling us to become transformed. Look at 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, <clears throat> turn your neighbor, that means you. Turn your neighbor, tell them that means you. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I'm grateful that I'm not who I was this time last year, and I'm grateful I'm going to be something greater than I am now this year. I'm grateful that I live with and enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit as you, and God is taking my life as he's taking yours and he's transforming you. The Bible says that we're transformed in the Greek language is the word metamorpho, which we get the word metamorphosis from. It's the word that describes the best that we know how to describe the, the action that takes place and the interplay between the cocoon, that animal, that, 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 that thing, that being inside of a cocoon, and over time there's a metamorpho, there's a metamorphosis that takes place, uh, and eventually there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, little, a little wing that comes out, and then a leg, and then a, another wing, and another leg, and eventually inside that cocoon it comes a beautiful out from out, it comes a beautiful butterfly flying freely throughout the, the world. Uh, it's the word that God is using to describe to us what he's doing, that there, there's a transformation taking place in your life uh, through the spirit of the Lord with ever increasing glory. And what looks like for many from the outside, just something that's a dark tomb, uh, there's something that's lifeless and doesn't have anything good inside of it, something just barely hanging on to a tree limb. If you just come back, give me a little time. Uh, but if you just come back, uh, you'll find that that thing that you thought was worthless, uh, that had no potential is not there anymore, that there's something that's broken up uh, and broken out uh, and it's now freely flying around uh, that you couldn't believe uh, if you saw it. It's called a beautiful butterfly. It took place over a metamorphosis. Uh, it was transformed. God is transforming you and me into something that will blow your mind. Just give God some time. He's doing something. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful, even you and me. Secondly, we see that we, see, we are seated in heavenly realms. We're seated in heavenly realms. Ephesians 2, verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Can I just point out the fact that this is present tense? This isn't some in the future by and by. It's a present tense now. 
He's already done it. It's already taken place through the power and the work of the Jesus on the cross. Uh, he's now taken you and he's taken I and he's placed us uh, and seated us with him in heavenly places. What, what significance is that? It's very significant because only kings uh, rule from a posture of sitting down over their kingdom. What he's saying is that God is ruling and he's reigning. Uh, Jesus is ruling and reigning, sitting in a posture of rulership over his domain, over his kingdom. Uh, and he is the king, and yet he loves us enough, and his work was so complete uh, that he snatched us up out of the earth uh, and the mud and the mire, and he set us with him in the heavenly places, uh, and he says, sit here with me and rule and reign and have authority in the earth uh, in which I've given you. Wow. He's given you spiritual, and more than that, just he's given you authority in the earth. He seated you with him. He's given you power in the earth. Number three, we realize and see that we are blessed in the heavenly realms now. <laughs> now. Everybody say now. Mm. You don't have to wait to die to enjoy heaven. No, I can't wait to enjoy heaven. I'm not saying I, I you know, I'm, I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat saying, hey, take me now. I believe there is a heaven. I believe we'll experience that. I believe it's going to be wonderful. But I'm here to tell you something. You don't have to wait to the sweet by and by to experience heaven. You can experience heaven in the nasty now and now. The life doesn't have to be like this thing that you just barely are making it through, that, that, that you, you're not enjoying it, you're not, in, you're not having fun, you're not, you're not experiencing. We have one of our cultural statements here at Summit Church is that we have fun. This, the minute this thing stops being fun, I'm out of here. I believe that God has created us to be a people that enjoy the Spirit of God in such a dimension, such a level that everything we do and everywhere we go, there's fun, there's good times. It's, it's one that it may not be easy, it may be a little hard, but we're still gonna laugh our way through. We're still gonna have the joy of the Lord because it's our strength, it's what we do. Am I talking to somebody this morning? I Ephesians 1, 3, praise be to God the and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This is present day. You can have fun. You can enjoy this thing. Listen, listen, if you've come to a place in your walk with God and you're not having fun, you're not, it's not enjoyable anymore, there's two things. Either, you're either you've stepped out of God's will in some area, there's a sin going on that you need to repent of, or, 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 or it could be. It could be that God is just wanting you to see that there's more and to hunger and thirst for more of him. That he's made you discontent because there's more of him to grab. He's blessed us in the heavenly realms now and lastly, and have our worship team come. Number four, he's, he's challenged us and telling us we have to remember that our calling is a heavenly calling. Mm. Hebrews 12, 28, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be so thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. How do I receive his kingdom? I receive it by faith. I receive it through worship. 
And he's called us to live above and not below. He's called us to live in the realm where he lives. So how I live in the heavenlies, Pastor, I, I walk in the spirit. As I've said before, I'll say it again, we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience. And God's kingdom cannot be shaken. My earth cannot be shaken. My heaven cannot be shaken. The earth is the outward things that I do. The heaven is the inward things that I am. The scripture tells us it can't be shaken. Your earth, your heaven cannot be shaken. Why? Because you are living, you're seated with him in heavenly places. You are with Christ in heavenly realms. So I guess simply this morning our challenge is let us soar. Let us get our head out of the stuff we're involved in and our, our mindsets, the way we're seeing things, our perspectives. And let us allow the Holy Spirit to bring us into a heavenly dimension. There's always two dimensions. There's the earthly dimension and there's a heavenly dimension. There's always the way things you see in the earth and with your own physical eyes and your own phys physical feelings, but then there's a whole other realm that we walk in with faith. Mm. And that's where I want to be. And that's where I believe you need to be in the heavenly realm. How many here this morning would say, Pastor, I, I want to soar? I want to soar. I want to, I want to rise into a spiritual dimension. Don't know how everything's going to work out, but as my Indian brother that I just met, I know that it's going to work out. There's going to be a door, and I'll walk through it. I'm not going to worry and fret and think about it. It's just going to happen because that's what God does. Mm. I want to just pray with you this morning. Prayer team is going to come on up and stand here in front and just kind of hang out. People, anybody needs prayer this morning after we dismiss? We love to do that. We have some incredible prayer teams here. Just people that love the Lord and they know how to touch the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning, you said, Pastor, this whole spiritual dimension you're talking about, so I'm unfamiliar with this. I just want today to just tell you that Jesus has been knocking on the door of your heart for a while. And he said, if you'll just open the door and let me come in, that he will. The Lord is saying to you, if you don't know Jesus, that today's the day. Let him come. Make him the Lord of your life. And give God one year. Let's see what God will do. See what he'll do. You can always go back. You can always say, I'm done. I'm done. This thing's not for me. It, that's always an option. But I promise you, you give God a little time, he'll transform you in such a way you won't even recognize yourself. 
but he has to do it. He has to be the Lord. He has to sit on the throne. You can't call the shots. You give him full control. And I wonder how many people here was probably say, I've been calling all the shots for so long, you don't know how to do anything different. Can I invite you into a relationship with God today? So with every eye open, every head up, and you would say, Pastor JP, today I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to surrender my life. I want to give him full control. Right where you're at, would you raise your hand and let me see that hand? I want to pray with you right where you're at. Come on. Yep. Yep. Come on. Somebody else. I want Jesus. I'm going to give him my heart. Amen. Thank you, son. Anybody else? I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Raise it high. Come on. I want Jesus. I want to be the Lord of my life. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm surrendering. I'm turning my life over to Jesus today. Amen. I want us to do, we're going to do something really kind of cool. In just a second, we're going to sing this song that we ended with, How Great Thou Art. I'm going to have you stand. When I ask you to stand, those that raise your hand, I want to ask you to make a bold move and come out and just stand right here in front of me and I want to pray a prayer with you. We're going to pray a prayer. It's going to be the greatest prayer you've ever prayed in your life. It'll be the best decision you ever made in your life. We're going to give our heart to Jesus. And don't you be ashamed because most everyone here has done the same thing. We're so excited and proud of you. So that was you. You raised your hand. When I say let's stand to our feet, I want you to step out of that aisle. I want you to meet me right down here. We're going to have a prayer. Can we all stand to our feet? Come on. Let's sing this great song to the Lord. How great thou art. Come on. Let's love on Jesus. Come. You lifted your hand. Come. Stand right here in front. Right here with me. Right here. Come right here. Right here. Right now. Come on. Join me this morning. God bless you, sweetheart. God bless you. Come on. Who else? Come on. Come on down. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Bless you, man. Come on. I'm giving my heart to Jesus. I'm turning this thing around right now. Right now. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. God bless you. Jesus. Isn't this amazing? Come on, let's give this group a hand. Right here. Wow. 
incredible decision. Incredible decision. I want to lead you in a prayer. Prayer teams, I want you to come gather around behind it. Would you do that? Prayer teams, come gather around behind. I want to lead you in a prayer. I call it a prayer of salvation. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer that I pray. And what you're doing is you're surrendering your life to the Lord. You're making a mark in the sand. And you're saying, today is for me. I'm following after the Lord. I'm turning my life around. The Bible says the word repentance means a 180 degree turn. You're going this way, you repent, and now you're going this way. And that's what we're doing right now. You'll never be the same. So let's pray this prayer right now. Everybody together. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I know you heard my prayer and right now you've come in. So here am I. Use me, Lord. Transform me, Lord, for your purpose and your will. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Man, alive. Awesome. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Don't go there. What we want to do, I want everyone that prayed that prayer, listen to me quickly. We have outside, we have a free Bible. We have some material we want to give you. And we don't want you to leave here without getting that. And we want you to connect with us. We want to walk you through this journey together. Amen? Amen. For everybody else, let me pray with you. We'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you that you're bringing us, Lord God, into a heavenly dimension. And Lord God, we'd make our minds up today that we're going to soar with you into a place that we've never been before. We love you and we praise you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. Can you give God one more hand of praise this morning? God bless you.